it's it's the journal to the journal experiencing life's journey so today is our first entry of the journal um, I'm really excited for you all to join me um, on this journey of my life and to come along with me and I'm excited to just share different things um, that I've experienced have uh, come through even things I'm still going through but um, you know, my hope is really in God that he'll bring me through and he'll bring me out and that he'll be with me every step of the way. And I'm really here to encourage you because I want you to know that and believe that and know that it's possible to make it wherever you are in your life. Um, today's topic is focused on um, just different things we experience through our childhood, through that early development of when we were maybe babies up, you know, throughout that uh, preschool age up to five. And even through our elementary years, those years are very pivotal, pivotal and just very um, uh, fundamental years. They really even just um, and we can just kind of see it like um, with the naked eye, just how quickly uh, a human being develops from birth to five. So let's just go ahead, jump right into it. Uh, many times I personally go back to my childhood and I'm always reflecting on like, okay, what I can remember like from five throughout elementary, um, especially like when it comes to how I handle certain things or just different patterns I have or different things I see in myself that I see in my mom, that I see in my cousins, that I see in my grandma. Um... I just reflect like, man, that's kind of connected to that or even just different things that maybe trigger me emotionally. And I just always try to root it back to something that happened in my childhood. It's not always the case, but I would say there's a very, very, very high percentage of how I respond to things is really rooted back into my early development. Um, and that's key with everybody. Like if, uh, I'm dealing with people like I work in the service field. I'm a um, mental health therapist. So when I'm dealing with people's, you know, concerns or issues or just mental health, you know, of course, I gather a lot of information about their childhood. And I just always really rooted back to that and just kind of connected dots throughout life. Um, and many times we experience things and things we remember, things we don't remember. Um, but that thing still can have an impact on us. And, and even just in terms of uh, that baby from birth to childhood, or excuse me, birth to five, so much is going on. Like we said with our, with our natural eye, that that baby starts off so little and adorable and cute. And the next thing you know, just literally five years, which go by like this, that's a little human being walking around talking. Like that kid almost grown. 
at least my kid, like my kid, my oldest kid is four and man, she has personality. Listen, out of this world. I mean, personality, you know, I know I have personality and I'm a lot like I get it from my mom. So clearly she gets it from me, my daughter, but it's like intensified, I feel. And I can just see just her. It's just kind of. It's so crazy, like I could just see her development from literally that newborn to this four-year-old now, and she's bossing my one-year-old around. She's even trying to boss me around, like I have to reel her back in. But just thinking about just the development of our brain from birth to five, like so much we experience, like our brain develops so quickly, like with our language and our learning, our social, emotional behavior, um, just different things, uh, just so much we encounter, like, that's that, during that age, you know, they encourage you to teach your children two languages because it will be easier for them to learn and pick up on it then. And that's so true. But even thinking about that from the perspective of whatever you teach your child, good or bad, you're literally setting the tone and laying the foundation for the rest of their life. Like, that's deep to me because, listen... I've been through a little bit of stuff and some patterns that I do not like and even patterns that I'm no longer doing that I did not like. And I'm like, okay, listen, something is wrong. Something is going on. This is not normal. And I was able to, you know, go back to my childhood or even I was able to go back through generations like, oh, my mama did it. Her mama did it. Her mama did it. Like this stuff is so real. How, uh, what is either put in us um, or what we see influence us. So even speaking of what we see, um, like the Bible is so right, y'all. Like if you are a believer, listening to me, praise God. Be encouraged, my brother. Be encouraged, my sister. Don't give up on God. If you are not a believer and you're listening to me, praise God. I'm so happy you are here today. Um, and I just want to encourage you that Jesus is real and the Bible is right. Like, I know there are a lot of thoughts and opinions and views on it. But listen, this holy ancient book is right. Um, it's true. Like, even the uh, scripture in the Bible, train up a child in the way that they should go. So when he's old, he won't depart. Like, whatever you train in this child and mold in this child to be, they will be just that, whatever it is. They may kind of veer off the path of whatever it is you're teaching them, but ultimately they're going to line up with what those life lessons are. So it's really important to um, do the literal piece of teaching, right? Like, you know, sit them down, teach them certain things and whatever those things are. It could be basic things from like cleaning and like I'm teaching, you know, my little kids how to clean up now. And, you know, charity has responsibility most days. Now I got to be more consistent. But, you know, she got to wipe the table down and empty her plate and put it in the sink. Um, so I'm literally teaching her and even just about God, like we sit down, you know, I may teach her, her colors. We may watch some videos together, like cute little YouTube videos, but I teach her about Jesus. I teach her little scriptures, you know, when she's scared at night or scared to sleep by herself, you know, I have to teach her different scriptures and come against the spirit of fear. So these are literal applicable things I'm teaching her, which are, which is good, right? But there's a flip side to that, like... What I do, what I say, like my actions are just as important as these literal sit down moments of teaching. Because that little girl 
is picking up on literally almost everything I do, like all of my actions. And it's kind of, it's kind of weird at times. Like my baby, she's me. Like, I'm like, okay, Lord, help all of us. And she has this bigger than life personality and she's so fun and loud and just a joy to be around. She loves people. Um, but she, she's not really feisty like my baby, but she has a feistiness to her. So like if I'm like, she's like being disobedient or just doing something she shouldn't do, which that's normal at that age for sure. I mean, foolishness is bound in that heart. The Bible is right. And if you want to back that up with science, that front part of her brain, that fourth, uh, frontal cortex is not done developing research says i guess the 26 now it's like 25 26 so she be doing some stuff y'all which is expected so i have to correct her right and of course i correct her i tell her like no you can't do that no you can't do this sometimes i go hard like listen look girl stop you better stop you sit your butt down and, and i know that she pick up on that so like if the baby the one year old is doing something just cutting up or just irritating the four-year-old. The four-year-old literally is saying what I'm saying. Grace, you stop. Sit your butt down. You can't do that. I, I said no. And everybody who, you know, been around with my kids, I say that often. I said no. I said no. So my oldest would do that to her. And I'm looking like, you're not the mama. But she literally is picking up. And there are other things I know that she picked up. Or like if I snap on her, you know, pray for me, y'all. Like, I'm like, Cherry, I said, sit down. And then I have to go back. Like, if I said too harsh, I got to go back. I ask the Lord. I really do ask the Lord to forgive me, y'all. Because I really want to be right. I really want to do right by these kids. And just do right in life. Like, I want to make it. You know, I want to see the king. King of kings, the Lord of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Like, for real, y'all. I got to make it. So, when I mess up, I'm like, oh, if he convict me, I'm like, Lord, forgive me. Even in that moment, I'm like, and in that moment, I'm teaching her, right? So, I'm like. Oh, Charity, I'm sorry. Like, I shouldn't have yelled like that. Because I do raise my voice. But sometimes I take it an octave a little too high. A little too harsh. So, in that moment, I have to say, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't yell. Would you forgive me? But I have to, like, explain to her, like, what, but what I said, I meant you need to stop. And I still have to come with a stern voice. Because I don't want her to think I'm, like, backing down but I still want her to know that I don't have to be, you know, a hard taskmaster, you know, if that makes sense. So with that, but even in those moments, I'm teaching her because for somebody to say, um, uh, do as I say, what's the saying? Do as I say, but not as I do or something, that foolishness. <laughs> like, that's so foolish and wicked. Like, what? What you mean do as you say, but not as you do? No, I'm a, I'm a more so do as you do. And I'm going to think about doing what you say do. Um, because actions speak louder than words. So just being very, you know, I just encourage those who are mentors or have younger siblings or people watching them or parents or just role models or just in a position of leadership. Like what you do really matters. Like we looking like I know my kids looking and I'm looking like, OK, is your actions lining up with what you saying like that? That um, that is very important. It's just as important as the teaching piece. Um so even with all of that, so like I always say, I reflect back, I go back to my childhood, just different things I go through, even just how I respond to the kids now. Having, being married and having kids is really, it's, it's teaching me like, 
um, really about me all again. It's like I go through different seasons of my life that teach me about me and God show me where I am. So being a parent is really like I'm really getting some major deliverance with being a parent. You know, my mother said, uh, you're going to get. I feel like she was putting a curse on me. I'm like, girl, stop saying that. But she would say, oh, you're going to see when you become a mother. You're going to see. And, you know, I didn't give my mama the blues too much. I don't think so. She had to tell you. I mean, I gave her the blues a little bit. Okay. So she would say that. And, you know, because I did some things as a teenager. And I would get in a lot of trouble at school. And um, she would always say that. And I'm like, stop cursing me. Don't. Your words got power. Stop that. But it. It's true. You know, you do reap what you sow. And, you know, and I'm, I was nervous in a sense. You know, my kids aren't teenagers yet, but I was nervous in a sense. Oh, Lord, they're going to be worse than me. I know I'm cutting up. But that's true. Like, even from the perspective of, of them being young, like, I literally see me. Like, I was my mom, you know, in my own right. I'm still different. And my baby is pretty much me in her own right. Like, she's charity. And it's like, ooh, Jesus. My mama didn't spoke that, and that thing is true. But just, but even seeing it from that perspective and just the knowledge I have and the understanding that I have in my walk right now with God and just my understanding and just the world with just even the profession I'm in, by the way, um, I think I already said I'm a licensed therapist. So I'm an overthinker, but my mind do go back to just the things I've learned in school. So I'm always trying to connect the dots to make it make sense. So even... Um, Again, back to my childhood. Um, I remember being five, so I can so I can't go back past five. It's you know many times um, when we turn five is when our brain begins to allow us to hold on to those memories that we can keep. Some people say they can remember four and three, not me. Um, that's a rarity. I don't. That's not. Um, that's rare. That's really not. I guess normal. So if you can, that's awesome. But me, I remember more so five and up. And I remember um, I just really had a desire to want to know God. Like, I just wanted to be saved with everything in me. Like, man, like, I just remember my mom was just this on fire for God woman. And, I mean, she just loved God. Like, she was not perfect by the stretch. Listen, of the imagination of the universe by the stretch of whatever you want to stretch out. She was not. No disrespect, mom. <laughs> I ain't perfect either. I don't know who is. Jesus is perfect, though. Listen. But she was a beautiful saint. Like, when she would mess up, my mama could go hard for those of you who know her. When she would mess up, she would get that thing right, at least from my perspective. Listen, my brothers have a different perspective. I have two older brothers. So, of course, their perspectives are different. One, because we're different human beings. Two, because we're different genders. And three, because our sibling position. And then I'm the baby. So, okay, listen, I'm the baby girl in, on her side. I have a baby sister. I love you, sis, um, on my dad's side. Um, but as far as being raised in the same house, um, my perspective is different. But I just remember her being on fire. And I can attest to this, right? She was on fire. She loved the Lord. Um, and I wanted that. It was just like, man, I want this. And she could pray, y'all. I mean... My mama still could pray like her prayers. My God, if y'all could hear. Listen, I don't know if you all like ever went to or experienced prayers of like old time Pentecostal church. Like, I don't know if y'all experienced that. Listen, my mother could pray. And it was just like 
her prayer brought me comfort. They would be embarrassing too, like, cause she prayed real loud and she real extra, but she was serious. And like when my friends were around, I was embarrassed. She was always like in oil and it was kind of embarrassing. But, and then she like, even like before I got married and left my old church, like I was still being a little embarrassed, but I thank God though. I was more so grateful than embarrassed, but I was still embarrassed. Like she would be praising God during offering. Like, going in, like, full throttle, I'm like, oh, my God, we singing Fred Hammond. And we, like, about to start, like, dancing and stuff, like, real hard. But you, like, worshiping and crying and speaking in tongues. And, man, just, where you at? Where you at in service? But, listen, she clearly was above. We we was too low, clearly, because she got some type of revelation. But she, my point is, she was this beautiful woman. Not perfect, but beautiful and was quick to repent. Well, I don't know about always quick, but when she was wrong, she didn't make it right. She eventually come to herself. The Lord would deal with her. And I even see that still now, even just how she cared for her husband. Like she is just a beautiful example of, um, a wife. Um, but so like I said, my brother's experience is different because she was 18 when she had my older brother. So she was literally a baby. And then my second brother, I think she was 18, 19, 21, maybe 21. Listen, that 21 is something. You know, you're 21, you like, I'm grown. So it's a little different. With me, she was 24. So she was she was almost at the age where that decision-making part of her brain was almost done. And then she had two kids already. And then I was her baby girl. So it's just different. Let's just be real. Love y'all brothers, but it's just different. But my perspective, she was just this beautiful woman, God-fearing woman of God. So I wanted that. Now, my father, you know, he had his struggles like the rest of us. But he, you know, he had some real, really, really hard struggles that I haven't experienced. And I thank God and I pray to God, you know, I never have to experience, experience some of the things he experienced. And... He would, um, he wouldn't always go to church with us. Like it was, uh, more normal for him to like in our family for him to stay home. Like we, we all get up, get dressed, get ready for church early. Didn't nobody want to go. We all be complaining. But then if she threatens to leave us, we all try to get ready. It's funny. So, but my dad be chilling, watching the game, chilling in bed, just chilling. I'm looking like, boy, <laughs> what you doing? Get ready. And I'll be irritated. And again, I'm an overthinker. It just, I'm like, make it make sense. It didn't make sense to me. And because I'm thinking, yo, tell, get up during the week, right? You go to work, which you should, praise God. Go ahead if you want to eat, take care of this family, go to work. But, you know, and he'd get up in these nice clothes. Back then, we called them church clothes. We, I still call them church clothes a little bit because I grew up like that real churchy and Pentecostal. But, you know, you can, um, this is a day where you can wear anything. You know, sometimes I wear my arms out to church. I feel a little bit more comfortable. And back in the day, you didn't wear them arms out. You covered them arms up, at least the type of church or denomination I grew up in. But praise God, God ain't in all of that. And listen, there is a discretion, but we ain't going there today, amen. But, <laughs> so look, I got a little freedom. I wear, may wear my arms out. I may wear some pants, but anyway. But back in the day, you know, church clothes, especially in like a, a just church in general, but for real, listen, my roots are in Pentecostalism, so I'm speaking from what I know. So you wore your dress, you wore your church clothes, you had your church shoes, listen, your tie for the men. So my dad wore these church clothes, y'all, to work. <laughs> he was just up. My dad looked good, y'all. 
but he was going to work. He worked in admittance at the hospital, so he had to dress up. There was a beautiful professionalism he had. Listen, I strive for that. I said, oh, I'm wearing church clothes when I grow up because he looked good going to work. So, um, praise God, and I kind of sort of did anyway. But, um, so he wouldn't go to church with us often, but like I said, he had struggles. And it was like, when it was, when it was a point in his life when, like, his struggle overcame him, he would either give God his all or he would retreat. And in those seasons of giving God his all, I would see my dad, like, really striving for holiness and I want Jesus. And he would be in that Bible, y'all. I was... I was all for it. He was coming to church service. Listen, I wasn't stunning on y'all. I'm like, bump y'all, bump you. My brother, bump your friends. I ain't got to sit with your friends no more. Mama, bump you too. I don't have to sit with you. I'm sitting with my daddy. Like, listen, I'm sitting with him. I ain't stunning y'all. My dad is at church. I'm sitting with him. We about to be in the back together. So I love that. I was all for it. Like, that's what's up. But when he was overcome, um, like I said, he would retreat sometimes. So he like, okay, I'm going to close this Bible. I'm going to put this Bible up. But it just hurted me because I'm like, man, I was just so in love with my dad. Of course, I would. I was his, um, I was his in, in my house, I was his baby girl, right? Because I do have a baby sister. But we weren't raised together in the same house. And, we, and when we were brought up together, it would be like in short, brief seasons and that's a whole story to praise God we'll talk about that part of the story one day <clears throat> but so when my dad he like I said he wasn't coming to church he'll be going through his thing and that hurted me so um in my as a young kid that memory was tied up that was like a form of trauma to me so it was locked into my brain it was locked into my soul now i'm gonna take it spiritual because i'm a believer but it was also science that's locked in my body like all of that trauma was there and so listen this thing is real because i pray i said lord i want to i want to be saved i love you as a five-year-old I remember being five years old, wanting to go to the altar every Sunday. Look, that's how I thought. That's the only way you could be saved. And then one day, my, my oldest brother knew I love my brothers. But I thank God for my oldest brother for this. He said, listen, he was tired of me. Like, listen, you want to be saved every Sunday, but you too scared. You about to get saved right now. I said, where? We about to go to church? He said, no, you about to get saved in your room. So <laughs> we went in my room. He prayed something. We called the sinner's prayer. That Romans uh, 9 and 10 or is it 10 and 9? Forgive me, Bible scholars, but... It's either 10 and 9 or 9 and 10. Forgive me, husband. You probably listen to this like, girl. But read that Romans. But he would say like some we would call back in the day the sinner's prayer. So I'm like, yes, I believe Jesus died on the cross. Yes, I do. I believe it. I want him to be Lord of my life. And he was like, okay, well, you saved. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm saved? That's all it took? Listen, sometimes we make it too difficult for the salvation thing. Listen, you just believe. And when the Lord extend that, um, excuse me, extend that opportunity for you to accept him, just take it. All you got to do is believe. And he, now you got to walk this thing out now. Now there's a walk to this thing, but we ain't talking about that right now. Amen. But like, it's just, just really that extension of salvation, that opportunity where he extends the grace for you to accept him. Man, it's so easy. It's not deep. Like, listen, let's stop making it deep. It's not but I just thank God for my brother because in that moment, I would say, now listen, I ain't know nothing about walking it out. Now, Lord, I rededicated my life and I was really converted, I would say, in my 20s. And we may talk about that a little bit later um, or sooner than later because my time is running. But um, 
but I just thank God for him. But again, God gave me this prayers. I wanted to be, he asked my prayers. I wanted to be saved. I wanted a husband that went to church because in my mind, I equated going to church with being saved. But listen, that's not so. You can go to church and ain't studying God. And you could be at home and you, you know, you love the Lord with all your heart and you ain't going to church as often. Now listen, listen, it's, God bless you. I'm not talking about that person that don't want to fellowship with the saints that's at home and doing their thing. But we ain't talking about that today either. Amen. But I'm talking about that believer where, you know, you have a relationship with God and, you know, you're, you know, you really do break bread and fellowship with the saints and you love the Lord God with all your heart because you do well. You obey him as the Bible says. Amen. But let's keep going. So I wanted to be saved. I wanted this husband who was saved. Ultimately, I wanted the children. Listen, I wanted, I wanted this job where I dress up, go to work like my dad. Praise God. And he gave me that. Now, listen, we're going to talk about whew, getting a blessing, not what you do with it. Because you need grace to sustain this blessing. Because, listen, I'm tired right now. But, like, there are times, and I notice, like, how my dad struggled. And just how him being in church and out of church, like the kingdom of God, influenced me. So, this is the trauma of that. Because if I'm getting ready, especially when I had my first kid... I'm getting ready to go into church. My husband and I, I'm looking at him crazy like, why are you not going? You you having this, like, and then I'm thinking of my dad's struggle. I'm like, uh-uh, wait a minute now. And some, it wasn't that he ain't, you know, ain't or wasn't saved. Like, maybe he just wanted to rest. Like, for real, my husband, pray for him, y'all. Listen, I'm messing this English language up. But listen, he be tired. My husband be working, y'all. This is a working. His work work ethic is awesome i thank god for that because he literally takes care of his family like he loves us he do the things he like he got balance in that thing as far as taking care of us and his protection and all of this stuff um but he got a serious work ethic he get up take his butt to work we work on all types of hours and shifts and stuff and i thank god for that but so he's tired but I'm looking like you need to, oh, well, you need to go to church. But that was put into me by my mom. Even if I miss church, listen, I could be sick. And she like, oh, you, you ain't going to church. And I'm like, no, I'm sick. I need, I'm sick. I could be half in the hospital bed. And she's like, oh no, we don't miss church. But that was ingrained in her. And, you know, so I get it. But I've learned like, not to make it that deep though i i'm learning that but with my husband i would be hurt like i would go to church and i have a dear brother i love so listen you know who you are and he's like blood brothers to my husband like man i love their relationship i'm all for it and he when he would see me often without like well not often like my husband don't go to church but many times it was a season where he wasn't coming because his work schedule wouldn't allow it so when he would see me um at church just with the kids i'll be looking so down and out and distraught y'all listen god has brought me a long way i don't think i look like that like i would have a dumb face i'll be looking like oh my god like i'm not gonna make it because he's not at a service with me for a couple hours like sis get over yourself like it wasn't even about oh we got to come to church and worship the lord together like yes i want to do that 
But listen, let's get to the root of this thing. This was about images. And not just images for y'all, for people to see us, but images for my mind. Like, no, this is how it's supposed to be because this is the prayer I prayed when I was a kid and the Lord gave it to me. So listen, we're going to make sure we keep this thing. And it's like, get over yourself. Like, it's not deep. You better be praying that he's living this life before God behind closed doors, which I thank God he is. Praise God. Hallelujah. I love my man, y'all. Like, he be getting me together. I be like, I ain't saved enough. It's like, no, listen, I'm saved. But I love the Lord. But, you know, but his walk do convict me. And I know it's the same for me. Like, in my walk, I know I be, um, you know, I help him and encourage him. But he really do help me. And I'm like, oh, Lord, let me, ooh, let me turn this Netflix off and get in my word. Because I'm getting a little carnal when I'm doing all of this TV watching and all this talking on the phone. Or just whatever it is, all this strolling on social media. Let me uh get in my Bible a little bit longer. Because I see this man is going hard in his Bible and in and in all these Christian books, maybe I should um do the same thing, amen. So, amen. Listen, y'all better marry right. Whoever you are, y'all better marry right. I'm gonna just drop that lead at there. But just how, but back to just my point, how just even um <clears throat> my childhood uh of my dad affected it it affected. I saw it peep his head out, just how I would just even deal with my husband when he just won't go to a service. Y'all like, calm down. And I was like, okay, Lord, you got to help me because this, I'm making this too deep and I'm hurting like this. Is, it, I would be hurt. Like I said, my brother would be like, well, my sister ain't right when her husband not here. Brother, you know, I was, I was tore up. Like you would have thought it was, listen, you would have thought somebody was on their deathbed, how I was acting in my heart. And maybe what came out a little bit, but it, but the Lord has really, uh, dealt with me and has really healed me and delivered me from that because, you know, sometimes I may feel a little funny if he don't come, but man, it's not to the magnitude of not even close to what it used to be. So I just encourage y'all like, listen, God is truly a healer and deliverer. Like he can do it. Like this stuff we went through, like this stuff is so real. What we, this trauma we experienced in our early childhood and as babies, there's a podcaster I listen to. Listen, some of y'all know her. She's beautiful, beautifully saved woman of God, but her name is Heather Lindsay. Okay. And listen, Sister Heather, she talked about how, now I may be getting it wrong a little bit. Please forgive me, you know, Sister Heather and those who, you know, love and support her. But if I'm saying it correctly, I remember her talking about when she was a baby, she was, I believe, in foster care and her foster parent. And she said she was a chunky baby. She was a chunky baby. And, you know, some babies just are chunky and they look like to eat more. It is what it is. And when she was in foster care, her foster parents, I don't know if they were adoptive parents. I think she said her foster parents would lock her in the room and not feed her. And now she clearly she said she don't remember that. Right. But it happened. Just because there's no recollection of it. If it happened, it happened. And she talked about how that, because of the trauma of um, that, because of the trauma of that taking place early in her childhood, like real early when she was an infant, she noticed how that thing affected her throughout her life and in different relationships she experienced. So listen, this trauma, this hurt, these sores, these wounds are real and no need to ignore them. No need to put a bandaid on them. Let's get to the root. Now, if you need to put your bandaid on them and see you ready to deal with it. Okay. But that blood coming through and that infection is prone to happen. 
So I encourage you, like, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever patterns you see that are unhealthy, that's literally impacting your life, the lives of people around you, the lives of your children, Jesus is the answer. Like, ain't ain't no other answer we can do listen i'm a therapist i'm a mental health therapist so there are things i do there are different models of therapy i use like listen and it's it works it's good but at the end of the day jesus was my way out because listen i've done some wretched stuff some of y'all who listening who did it with me y'all know who experienced it with me maybe who saw me from a distance doing it maybe who heard about it who saw it on social media listen we're not going to talk about all of that today. But just know I was a wretched mess. And I got to a point where I was tired. I'm like, Lord, I'm a mess. And I'm tired of it. I'm like, Lord, I want you to put in me what you put in my mama. You know, in the Bible where it talks about like how Timothy, you know, uh, it was put. Now, I may be quoting wrong. Listen, Bible scholars, forgive me. But whatever was put in him, the spirit of God, you know, that same anointing was in his grandma and then and in his mama. Listen, that was in him. So it was like, I was like, Lord, listen. Whatever you put in my mama, give it to me. That's been my purse since I was a teenager. Like, that was my heart's desire as a kid. But I remember verbalizing it as a teenager and telling my mom. I'm like, I want what God gave you. Now, listen, that come with a cost because you don't know, you know, the person's journey. Like, literally what they had to go through. I don't know really everything my mama for real had to go through throughout her life, right? She shared with me what she will and different things I saw from my perspective. But she, that woman had to walk her own course out. So I prayed that prayer and listen, whoo, this journey has not been easy, but I thank God for keeping me. And I just got to a place in my life. I heard the calling of the Lord and I'm not, this calling was not audible. It was something like in my soul that just wanted him. It kind of brought me back to that five-year-old girl again. It was like, I just want God. I need God. But I just felt stuck like, oh, but I don't know how to stop doing what I'm doing. I don't know how to get out what I'm doing. I want to get out, but yeah, kind of don't. It was like, oh, it hurt me so good, Lord. So it was like, Jesus, you got to deliver me because, man, I'm bound, Lord. So I remember... um, just dealing with that and it was like I heard the call and listen y'all when y'all hear that sense or that call whatever that call is whether if it's just like a, a sensitivity something you feel in your soul if it's a voice or if it's just something whatever he could use anything listen listen hearken to him don't harden your heart listen open up your heart Lord, is that you? Lord, okay, what you saying? Lord, which is, I don't know, God. Lead me to the thing or the person that's going to help me get to you, Lord. I put it in my face, Lord, because I don't know what I'm doing. And that's that was really my cry. I really thought in that during that season, initially, he was like trying to prepare me for these riches or something. Or because I was a broke college student. I think my, my account was so negative. Listen, we ain't going to talk about that. It was ridiculous. My mom was so tired of me uh, running up that negative bill or that uh going into debt but so i'm like yeah he about to bless me he about to do it for me i just know he about to do it so i was off a little bit like i was on like as far as he was coming he was about to do it he was about to uh give me uh wealth and riches of the soul right i'm thinking uh money or uh i guess natural right i'm thinking a little bit carnal right because i was listen um but he was coming for my soul. He was coming to bless and save and deliver my soul. I ain't know. But listen, I had a I had an urge to go to church. I was home. 
I went home. I was home for, um, I think, summer break. You know, summer break, college students get out in the spring. And I remember going to a church service. And during this season, I wanted out so bad, I began to get comfortable with my mother again. I would share with her some things because I just wanted to be out. I just wanted to stop doing some of the things I was doing. I just wanted a change of mind. So she would know my business a little bit. And, you know, she would pray. But she, listen, mamas go hard. So she would go a little hard. So we in church. And my former bishop, he was preaching good, y'all. He preached good anyway. But it was good to the point where it was like, you and my business. And who didn't ran down my life to you? And I know nobody ran down my life to him. It wasn't like, oh, somebody told him my business. No, that wasn't my thought. My thought was the Holy Ghost is here to deliver. Listen. He, he was ready for me, and I was ready for him. So the whole time, my bishop preaching, my mama looking at me, mm-hmm, yeah. And I'm like, I finally said, could you be quiet? Because these people around me going to know I'm clowning up in college. So she finally stopped, I think, look. So I remember he had a stand-up, y'all. He like, okay, it was like almost towards altar call. So he's like, stand-up. He was like, you know, if you want to come down here and get prayer, uh, if you want to give your life to Christ, he's here for you. And I'm like, oh, Lord, in my mind, I'm like, I need to go down there today. He was like, listen, you know, he gets serious when he take that um, mic off the thing. Or maybe the mic was already off, but he was serious, y'all. He meant that thing. He was like, listen, I don't care what you've been dealing with. I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been to this church. That was it for me. I said, oh, Lord. I need to get down there. So I stepped in the middle aisle. And I think I was 22. I was in my early 20s, 21, 22. I think I was 22. So I was trying to be cute. I was trying to, you know, be more, you know, I guess dainty. I am not dainty, though. But I was trying to be just, you know, I was coming into my own, my womanhood. I had on heels, y'all. I had on some cute earrings. I was just looking cute that day. At least I thought I was. <laughs> and... Um, just, but these heels was not working. These heels were flopping off my feet. I don't know what was the problem because they didn't feel big. But anyway, I just remember to myself, saying to myself, okay, you in this middle aisle. So now you got to go. What you going to do? You're going to go back to your seat. You're going to look even dumber. So I said, okay, well, I guess I'm about to walk down there. So I said to myself, I said, self, now listen, we're going to walk down here. We're going to walk, you know, slow. We're going to walk straight. Keep your face straight. Don't look at nobody. And you're going to be good. And just be careful. Don't fall. And you know these shoes flop. So I'm walking. Oh, listen, y'all. Next thing I know, I'm running. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm asking myself, what are you doing? Slow down. I said, slow down. And it was like myself was like, I can't slow down. And I'm like, why you can't? Why, look, why we can't slow down? Listen. And <laughs> listen, I was talking. I was having all types of conversations in my, with myself. And, um, when I realized I couldn't slow myself down, that's when I realized it wasn't me. And it was like, I just felt God was like, oh yeah, it's me. And I'm like, Lord, like, please, no, please don't make me run. Like, I'm gonna fall. I don't want to fall. And I said, but it was like, listen, we can't box with God. God is stronger than us. You can, it's kind of like my daughter. She go back and forth, but I get her together. I'm like, girl, listen, you bet. I said, no, I said, stop. So it's like the Lord was like, listen, I'm going to do this. You want this? You ask for this? I know you want it. So come on, let's just do it. So I said, okay, Lord, in my heart. I said, okay, Lord. Listen, I'm having this whole conversation going down this um this aisle. Listen, God operates outside of our little time. This, this conversation felt like five minutes. And it takes seconds to get down to the front. So 
I said, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, but please just don't let me fall. Just don't let me fall, Lord, when I get to the hardwood floor. And then it was like the conversation was over. And I just let it go. And when I, I literally ran and I got to the front. And when I got to the hardwood floor at the altar, I stopped. And I just began to weep. And I just began to worship and thank God and lift up my hands. And I was just crying so hard. And I just knew he was ready to deliver. Cause, and I was ready to receive it. And I heard my bishop say, yes. He'll deliver you if you want. He's breaking the chains off you right now. Now, there were other people at the altar, but, like, I wasn't looking. But, like, you know how you can see in your peripheral, like, people. And I just remember weeping. And, man, y'all, as Bishop said that, and I'm crying out to God, I'm just like, oh, Lord. Like, my tears were words. Listen, David said in the Bible, listen, he said, he stored our tears. He said, your, our, my tears are in your bottle. They're written in his book. So my tears have words, y'all. In that moment, I didn't know what to say, Lord. It's like, Lord, I'm sorry, but I don't know what else to say. I want to be free. I want out, Jesus. You see me, I'm a wretched, miserable mess, and I just want you. I just want to be whole. I want to be healed. I want you to deliver me from this trauma, this pain. I want to take it out of my body. I don't want my body to remember this trauma no more. Take this trauma out of my soul. God, heal my soul. I want to be for heal my mind, Lord God, where even when the, <clears throat> excuse me, when the thought come, I'm like, oh, thank God I'm free, and I'm ready, Lord God, to serve and be used Lord God, for other people who deal with the same thing. So in that moment, it was just literally tears, just weeping tears. I'm like, Lord God, oh my God. Next thing you know, I began to speak in another language. Something I never in my life ever experienced. We'll stop here. And I just thank God. I just love the Lord. And I'm so grateful that you all could join me on today. And I really look forward to continuing this journey with you. I'm so glad you all are a part of this process. And I look forward to talking with you all next week. God bless and be encouraged. Love, Nina.